It's time for JT the Brick. I am specifically calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. We are now, as Dave Ziegler laughs, big boy radio. What, what are we talking about? Look, the elephant in the room is, you're great fans in the Raider Nation. There's no one walking through that door. It's Jimmy G. Get behind him. Jimmy G does get banged up a lot. I don't like reminding you that Jimmy G gets hurt. You remind me of that too much. Some people like to vocalize it and put it out there. Some people like to keep it in and just let their play do the talk. Jimmy G this. Jimmy G's going to be that. No, Jimmy G's healthy. JT the Brick. So let me repeat that again. What is it going to take for you to buy into Jimmy G? There's not a game on the schedule where Jimmy Garoppolo with this offense doesn't give you the opportunity to win every bleeping game. That's kind of how we've always been. I ain't changing. Did I miss anything? Are you with me on that? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. We got Bobby back behind the board. I'm in the building today. Lotus Broadcasting, home of the Raider Nation on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and on that beautiful Raiders mobile app. Download it for free. All the content that we do, I got a lot of it up there, all the Raiders podcasts, a lot of what some of the people in the building are doing here, and we are ready to roll. How does it feel? It's the first Friday. Kansas City lost! Kansas City lost! Let's have a celebration! Let's have a celebration today. Kansas City lost. Let me get a Raider fan in here. Uh, Pretty early into the show, Kansas City. Now, excuses die. The record stands. Kansas City didn't have Kelsey. They got a great defender holding out. They got issues, yeah. You want to play a great team early, man. I think a lot of Raider fans said last night, wouldn't it have been nice to play that Kansas City game Thursday night and play them that way? Raiders play Kansas City close at times in Kansas City, but Detroit won. Give Detroit credit. And they didn't play a great game. But Detroit went in there and their physicality, which is a word that came about and never heard it until about 2013. Now everybody says physicality. Oh, no. We played Detroit. The Raiders in Detroit on Monday Night Football. Did you see the size of that Detroit team? I'm not talking the head coach, Dan Campbell, who'll bite your kneecaps off. I'm talking about the size of that offensive line and that receiver core. Every one of those receivers looked like they were Darren Waller or looked like they were Devontae Adams. Big, muscular, strong. Oh, my God, the Raiders got to play at Detroit this year. Detroit looks to be physical. And I know Josh McDaniels, and you'll hear my interview with him at the top of the hour, wants a more physical and disruptive group. Well, we got to play Detroit in Detroit on Monday Night Football, and that's going to be a physical battle after watching that game last night. I thought Detroit pushed Kansas City around for a lot of that game, even though Kansas City Kansas City was a team that wasn't at full strength. All right, welcome in. We want to thank PTs. I was on with uh, some of their management today, thanking them personally for fueling the monologue and being a partner on this show, always being the first partner I mention every show. Uh, Happy hour 5 to 7, midnight to 2. You can vote for them for what they do. Best of happy hour and everything else. Golden Entertainment, they own the Strat. And there's a couple of events coming up at the Strat that I'll be a part of, and I'll tell you about that. So PTs fuels the monologue. Here's what Fridays are going to look like most of the year. Friday, I have already some built-in content. I have my uh, Josh McDaniels interview on Thursday. We play that at 1 o'clock or the top of the hour on Friday. Vic Tafer is our Friday NFL insider along with Chris Matthews, the senior newsman in town from 8 News Now. So we switch them off on Friday. So we get Vic today at the bottom of the hour, and I get Steph McKenzie, the legendary rock jock, who's now the program director of some big rock stations and one of the greatest Raider fans I know, and she despises Denver. So the next 
20 minutes of the show, you are going to hear vile. You're going to hear hatred. You're going to hear passion to beat the donkeys by Steph McKenzie. She's really good, and she's going to join us here. Wanted to get her in for the Denver game. And then when we do Raiders Roundtable, I want to take a piece of that. Uh, Not every Friday, but today we have the opening preview of Raiders Roundtable, about a 20-minute segment with Lincoln Kennedy. And Lincoln, I think it's the best work he does, including he does great work on the broadcast with Jason Horowitz, but there's just something about him on the Raiders Roundtable. He takes the gloves off. So Lincoln Kennedy in the second hour of the show, and your phone calls at 702-365-9200. All I want on Fridays is the prediction of the game. That's it. I want you to game plan the game and help prep me for Sunday's pregame show with Eric Allen. Key to the game, what's the one key to the game that you believe has to happen for the Raiders to win? Uh, There's a lot. Now, first off, a couple of things. I want to start off with Coach McDaniels. I interviewed him yesterday, but earlier today he spoke to the media the Chandler Jones situation was asked to him again, the scenario of what's going to happen going forward. I think they're focused on the, the competition, you know, that we, we have in front of us on Sunday and um, controlling what they can control. Uh, we've had really a really good week so far. Uh, looking forward to a good day today, you know, and uh, I know they want to finish off the preparation the best that they can today. And I've, I've been very proud of uh, just their approach in general and, Excited to see him play on Sunday, honestly. So the personal issue that has affected Chandler Jones is personal life. I am not aware of. I don't know what's happening with him physically or mentally. I don't know what's going on with his family, his football family, or his personal family. And no one else seems to know. From Ian Rappaport to Adam Schefter, uh, I don't know. I sit down. I have access to the team. It's a private matter. And I think that everybody in the Raider Nation has done a pretty good job this week handling it as a private matter. It hasn't been a lot of people knocking on the door going, no, I need to know. No, I need to know. No, you don't need to know. It's a private matter. It's a personal issue. Just like when you or your family has a personal issue, you don't have to tell everybody about it. The problem is the NFL people gamble legally. People want to bet on the games. People want to know if this could be a difference in the game. I don't know. I think that Chandler Jones is a really good player. If he was at 100% full strength, which I expected him to be heading into the season, that's a hell of a player in meetings, in warm-ups, in the locker room. That's a guy you want to take into battle. They will not be able to do it. Next man up will be Malcolm Kuntz along with the play, and I think very important play of uh, Tyree Wilson. I don't know how much he was supposed to play. Hopefully it's a little bit more. So a lot of other things around the league. You know, one of the reasons why I I truly believe this, I don't know if I'm right about it. I really believe what I'm about to say. I think the reason no one nationally is covering this Chandler Jones scenario is they don't give a crap about the Raiders. I really do believe that. I believe that everyone nationally has counted out the Raider Nation, literally counted them out. And I'm kind of shocked by it. Now, if the Raiders win three or four games like USA Today and a lot of uh, publications are saying – I got I to gotta navigate through all that, and it's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. But the radio shows won't falter. We'll elevate the radio shows. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Raiders are a pretty good team. What do I mean by pretty good? Better than average. What's average? It used to be 500, 8-8, eight eight, but they added another game. So I think the Raiders are a 9-win team or a 10-win team. You got to make 10 to get in the playoffs. So this would not be the year that I would predict the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl, but we're hosting the Super Bowl. So miracles can happen, and I don't think it would be a miracle for the Raiders to make the playoffs. I think they got a good roster. But the roster has to perform at the level that I think is the best-case scenario. 
And the best case scenario would be an offense that doesn't come off the field, an offense that's explosive, ball control with Josh Jacobs, Jimmy G going four wide, hitting guys that are wide open. You know, playing the way Jimmy D did in New England and San Francisco. Jimmy, just throw it to the wide open guy. We're going to draw up a play in Henderson. We're going to put guys in motion. We're going to have Josh and Devontae out there, so the defensive coordinator is going to go, holy crap. And then, Jimmy, you just check down into the play with the wide open guy. That's all I got this year. I think that's the only way the Raiders can win. Jimmy's got to stay healthy, get to the line of scrimmage, look over the defense, find the linebacker, find where the safety's deep or in the box, and for Jimmy to check out of the play, because Josh is okay with that. Now, was Josh okay with that with Derek Carr? Derek Carr's not here. That answers the question. I believe that Jimmy will have more leeway to run the offense at a higher skill set than Derek Carr. Does that mean he's going to have a better year than Derek Carr? I got Derek Carr winning 11 games and going to the playoffs with New Orleans because that team is just playing in a weak division. If the Raiders were in the NFC South, I'd have the Raiders winning 11 games and going to the playoffs. But Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. They've handled him perfectly in the offseason where Jimmy's good to go. Can you believe that people wasted my bleeping time this summer wondering, calling my show, asking me if Jimmy was going to play this year? Is Jimmy going to get cut? Is Jimmy going to fail his physical? Oh, my God, I had to put up with that. Now Jimmy's good to go. Let's keep him healthy. Just got to keep him healthy. And that's going to be Colton Miller, the rest of the offensive line. I like the maturity in the offensive line in this group. And the defensive line group, Josh McDaniels today talked about the depth of the defensive line, and the defensive line's got to show up. Without Chandler Jones, the rest of this unit has to play well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, some of you will get bit, uh, banged up in the game, you know what I mean? So uh, everybody that's active is going to have a role in the game and play, and uh, we expect everybody to you know get out there and, and hopefully make a positive impact. So um, I think our entire defensive line group has – uh, really worked hard. I think we have a little bit more depth across the board than we did last year, um, just in general terms. And, you know, we'll do what we have to do to to be able to, uh, you know, play the game the right way. Um, but, yeah, both those guys you mentioned, and there's a few other guys, and we have some other guys on the practice squad too that, you know, would be considerations as well. When you hear my conversation with Coach McDaniels at the top of the hour, you know, I start off by saying I'm a stat guy. I am. I love looking at stats. And I have uh, next-gen stats here in front of me by AWS, and it's all from last year. So I do the same thing week one every year. I don't look at the stats from last year. It's a new quarterback. <laughs> Russell Wilson had the worst offense in football. So I can sit there and tell you what the Raiders' stats were last year and what Denver did last year with their numbers. Why? It's irrelevant. New, new coach on the Denver side, new players on both sides. So when we get to about week three or week four, probably after the Pittsburgh game, we'll have some stats that we can talk about. How many turnovers do the Raiders have? How many times did they turn it over? What are they averaging rushing yards per game? Combination of Josh Jacobs and Zeus. What's the combination? Okay, what is Jimmy Garoppolo's completion percentage? We'll have that after the home opener, and then it'll matter. Then we'll have a baseline of stats going forward. But right now, uh, all we have is fandom. All we have going into game one is who's going to play, who's not going to play, and the fans of the Raider Nation to sound off like you got a pair. 702-365-9200. The only thing I ask and demand is that the best fans in the Raider Nation find this show as they have found now going on 25 years. I want to hear from fans in Oakland, Los Angeles, 
Daytona Beach, London, our Canadian brothers and sisters to the north in Canada. Uh, I'm not just thinking about Vegas. I'm thinking of everyone in the Raider Nation. So feel comfortable to call in with criticism, anything you're not happy about, everything you're optimistic about, anything that you believe that can enhance the show. And if we can get you and put you on the air, we thank you in advance. That's where we're going. Also in the monologue brought to you by Resorts World. Head on out to Resorts World. Their sports book at Resorts World is really special because it's in Doghouse Saloon. And Doghouse Saloon is right next to their theater where Luke Bryan plays and Carrie Underwood plays. So if you come out of that theater or your park and you come off the elevators, you'll see Doghouse Saloon right there, home of our Monday night football appearances there, and you'll have a lot of fun. And the sports book is inside Doghouse Saloon. So you don't have to go to the middle of the property. You know, you walk around some of these casinos. Where's the sports book, please? Where is it? And then it kind of just, I think a lot of these sports books, some of them are eyesores in some of these gorgeous casinos. What Scott Sabella did is he put the sports book in the sports bar. So you make your bet, you watch the game, and it's right there. Go check out Resorts World as we open up the show. So Chris in West Oakland is always a leadoff hitter. And Chris, welcome to our coverage of 2023. It's official. I know you got your A game. Start us off. Oh, it's time, man. I owe you a phone call later, too. Uh, piggybacking off what you said yesterday, I've got my Sunday ticket downloaded. I'm curious to how many people the NFL is going to lose, though, JT. It took my, my buddy that's a computer whiz almost an hour and a half just to be able to download on, on two TVs and fire sticks. What, what a pain in the ass, but I'm all good to go. Every NFL game, every Sunday, $400. I think it's a pretty damn good deal. So let's get to the game this week. I think on the defensive side of the ball, JT, number one, I think one of the most important things, I want to see a couple of turnovers. I always start out with that. I want to see if this new secondary can find the football. And we have kind of the same worry about Russell Wilson, but a little different. I'm not worried about Russell Wilson putting the ball under and running for 15 yards on third and seven. I'm worried about the old Russell Wilson, who when he was at his best, evading the rush, running around the pocket in, in, in the backfield and hitting somebody 40 or 50 yards down, down the field. He was always a great deep thrower, especially on broken plays. It's imperative that the Raiders' secondary stays, especially their safeties, stay disciplined. They don't come up. They don't get deep by Wilson, fake into the line, and the next thing you know, they give up a 40 or 50-yard pass over the top. So I'd love to see i want to see him go down a couple of times but i want to see two turnovers i don't care if it's a fumble an interception one of each i believe to go into denver and win that's what they have to do on the offensive side of the ball i'm with you about jimmy g i'm fully behind him right now but i do believe this jt Jimmy G's going to have to do a little more with the Raiders than he did with the 49ers, at least to start, because the Raiders' defense isn't in the Niners' class. They might be improved, but the Niners probably have the best defense in football. I'm not saying Jimmy G can't do that, but I think in order for the Raiders to win, he's going to have to you know, throw 250, 300 yards. He's going to have to hit some plays down the, down the field. He's going to have to do a little bit more than just not lose the game, and I do think he's fully capable of it. He's well-versed in this offense. I think the Raiders are healthy, loaded, in ready to go so ultimately here's my prediction jt i've been going back and forth i'm going to go a 24 23 win knowing what a huge game this is i know that you never look at you never look ahead to week two but the raiders can't go be looking into buffalo at zero and zero and one 
staring down the shotgun of an 0-2 start, and then all the talk's going to start again. I think they're more than good enough to go into Denver and get 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 it done. I think Jimmy G is going to have a big game. I think Devontae's going to have a couple of huge catches. I'm going to predict a one-point victory, but if all goes well, maybe they clip Denver by 10 because I do believe the Broncos are banged up. And like you said, it's not always who you play, mm-hmm. it's when you play them. I think they're catching Denver at a perfect time. So let's go 24-23. Let's get this season started off with the W, and maybe the, and then we'll maybe look into going to Buffalo, and maybe we can upset Buffalo and come back 2-0 instead of 0-2 or 1-1. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend, and uh, Modelo's and Crown Royals, brother. Talk to you soon. That sounds good. Let me get my Modelo live read in as I welcome in Steph McKenzie, brought to you by Modelo, because you got the fighting spirit against the Broncos. I know that. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I do. Let's go, Raider Nation. You know, for the new audience, because you uh, you do a lot, and a lot of people know you in town. For those who are listening internationally and all over the country, I love you. Uh, your your problem with the Denver Broncos, dating back to your various road trips you've made as a very good-looking female walking into that building in front of the Denver fans. What was that like? Listen, it goes, you are absolutely right. It goes back so far, so many years. I have been touched Pushed. I've had memorabilia ripped in half, um, and I and I'm okay with you know jawjacking and coming at mm-hmm. me a little bit. But when you go to that next level, I just I, I can't anymore. Like everyone asked me, I I hosted a football party last night. Are you going to Denver this weekend? Of course, I went to the University of Wyoming to spend a lot of time in Denver. I have friends and family there, and I'm like. You know what? I don't know if those days are going to come back for a while because it's it takes a lot. Yeah, I got one of our listeners, and he's a good friend of mine, Thomas, who travels, and he said the same thing about Denver. Denver's much tougher than people think on Raider fans. And, you know, Oakland got a bad name and a bad rap in L.A., but Denver is a really hostile environment because the Raiders, they the hatred they have for the Raiders Absolutely. is so deep. That even some of the good fans there kind of get off. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not they're not right going in there. And you've seen that. You've gone toe-to-toe. You've, you've got right back out. I, I mean, we bought tickets, and I can't remember the year, but we won, was it 12-11? Um, mm. And we had bought really good tickets. And listen, you know, when you're spending a lot of money, and th- back then, mm. this is before yeah. kids, it, it took a lot, right? Mm. And so we're there, and we're on the first level, and these Ooh. people are sitting in front of us. I mean, we spent a lot. We went uh, you and, dropped you know, some cash. You yeah. dropped some coin on this Yeah, game. we came home and ate Top Ramen for a while after that game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there, and the lady in front of us, and we're loud. I'm loud. My sister's loud. I'm a loud Raider fan, and I don't care. I'm proud. Yep. And this lady turns around, and she's like, we know who owns these seats. So, And I go, so what? I go, first of all, ma'am, because I... I will always be polite yeah. until I can't, which is few and far between. <laughs> it really hasn't happened that much. But, right. and I said, ma'am, I go, if you paid attention to what was going on in front of you, you'd know there was a game going on and you wouldn't miss it or doing nothing wrong. So if you'd kindly turn around, that'd be nice. And it, did she calm down? Or did oh, she didn't like it. She turned around and uh, <laughs> huffed yeah. in her seat. There's nothing worse than a huffy, puffy fan. <laughs> and they have their you. fur on because when you're down on those seats, you yeah, paid you, some you money and you're well. like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Miss Fur Bronco. Mm. Yeah, uh, Steph McKenzie in studio. Uh, her passion against the Broncos is why we brought her in. She'll be on the show a bunch throughout the year. So 
For you, you like car. We moved on from car. We go to Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy G's unique. When you see him in town, everyone's like, oh, Jimmy G's at the hockey game. Jimmy G's up in a fighter jet. Jimmy G's doing all this. Now it's time for Jimmy G to play. He's got to go represent the Raiders. His first game's on the road in Mile High. This is a tough task. This is going to be a big one. Obviously, Mile High, you're up there. Things mm. are going on. Like, I love the color that just called, too. We need to see stuff. He's got to bring it. You know, this isn't the Niners. You know, mm. the, get over the show. You know, I get it. Vegas is fun, and there's this and there's that. But your team is right here, Las Vegas Raiders. At the end of the day, we're the Raiders. We're a team together. Who is he going to work well with? Who's he going to jive with? I hope more than just one. I hope we get a lot of options here because he has a lot of options. Well, let's start with Josh Jacobs, who's back. He's a team captain. We talked in the hallway a lot during his holdout here. I was never concerned. He asked to play to get paid. Right. And so I knew he was coming back, and he got a a little bit of a taste of more money. Still, I think that whole... That whole position, if Joe Burrow's getting $225 million guaranteed and a running back can only get twelve, I got a problem with yeah. that. And Nick Bosa got $122 million guaranteed. But I think hopefully Josh comes in wearing that new number, and he comes in with the number eight, and he comes in and he's running hard, and he's got a chip on his shoulder to not only help the Raiders win but get paid again. He might not be here. He might say, hey, look, this is my last year. I didn't get a contract or I want to get a longer-term contract. He's still got to perform, Steph. Well, and I love the way that, especially you for your mindset, the mm-hmm. way you are. You know me. I'm week by week, the game mm-hmm. and the Raiders yeah. and, and all of it together. But I need to see what is going on with us. Obviously, going into mm-hmm. this game as a huge Raider fan, win, period, end story. And coming off a KC loss last off a night. KC oh, loss. my God, I'm so happy today. Yep. Nothing can ruin my weekend. <laughs> That's a good Thursday. <laughs> I'm just so excited. But, I mean, I don't. I don't have a fear of Josh Jacobs having and holding. And yes, you're saying chip on your shoulder. And I don't think that. I think, you know, yes, obviously he he knows he's in the NFL. They can make the big money. He's playing the contracts and the game and the business side of it. Guess what? We're over that. As fans and who you're playing for and who's spending the money for the Las Vegas Raiders, I get besides the business and the organization. You're playing for the fans now, buddy. Yeah, he is. And you could get totally slaughtered if you're not bringing it up, your game on that. He's got to play well. He's got to play well. We'll wrap it up with Max Crosby. And you've seen the growth of him as a human being, his sobriety, everything he does. You do a lot of charity work in town. You're you're involved with a lot. When you hear and you look on the news at night and you see Max Crosby there talking about bigger issues other than football, we're really proud to have Max in this community. I, you know, in that, I have to bring this up because Darren Waller did a lot in the community. Yeah, he did. Darren the, was fantastic. I mean, he did. Oh, underground so in did, the community, uh, homelessness, everything. Yeah, the, doing all, so mm, much stuff absolutely. here. That Those are the pinnacle people that it is above and beyond football because everyone listening, I just want to tell you, you're amazing and you can get through it because we all have struggles and it doesn't matter the level of your struggle. We are with you together and so are great people like that. Those are the players, to me, that exemplify what a person is. Is and has taken that level of fan, of being a star to the next I level. I would agree. Max is a perfect, perfect member of this community. Finally, do you watch this game differently than all the other Raider games? Absolutely. Because you hate Denver, so do you watch it by yourself? Do you want to get in a sports bar with 200 people? No. Uh, do you, What do you do? Well, first of all, you know, I tortured my son with the KC game last night because I'm raising my son wrong. Mister. Right. He loves Patrick Mahomes. Oh. I said his name. It's awful. You can't get involved with that and change his mind as his mom? <sighs> I try. I try and make him sleep outside 
it doesn't work. It doesn't I have to. Okay. Small <laughs> so I um, I torture them. That was amazing last night. And so you have to be quiet on Sunday. We invited people over. We're yeah. having a to- total tailgate food thing layout. Nice. Pigs in a blanket, nachos, beer, wine, all that stuff. Great. But you got to be quiet. And if you're not into the game, you're going to have to go outside on the patio. That 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 is my rule. Be quiet and don't talk to me. Yeah. And if you're going to be mean, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. Well, this is your home. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm open everyone's behalf. <laughs> hey, thank you for everything you do as the voice of my show. Uh, with all the partners you. we have that you're aware of, too. When we come out of a break and it's your voice, it, it makes us just feel like we're doing big time radio. Well, thank you. I wouldn't do it for anyone else with as much love as I do for you, Ooh, JT. I and, love you. And I put on my podcast today. I was going to say it. I don't want to lose my man card. This is in my podcast with Looney, who I know. So I would think if, if I went and saw the movie Barbie, I would want a man to go in my wallet and rip up my man card. I would say the same thing about Cher. Cher's great. If I would go to see Cher, I'm going to see Ed, mm. I'm going to see Ed Sheeran. Now, the Cher and the Ed Sheeran thing, you can have your man card. The Barbie no, I, thing. No, I, I, my point is, yeah, Cher, no, I would want my man card ripped up. But <laughs> Ed Sheeran, I'm going to love this or what? Everybody says he's an amazing artist. I've heard his music. I've never seen him live. He sold out Allegiant Stadium. No, I think that you are, you're fine because you love music. <laughs> I do love music. You, I love live music, and I love big concerts at Mark Davis's Allegiant Stadium. I love what we're doing in that building for concerts. But what about Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie? Are you going? Because then you can get all your man cards then back. I'd, then I'd get extra man cards. <laughs> have, a, have a good weekend, and good luck with the Bronco uh, victory. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I'm hoping I want them to win every game. They're not going to win every game. This is a big one. No, what do you think? You know, you always ask me the score, and I'm scared mm. to do it this year. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm I'm not really a predictor guy. I, I'm not a guy, because once you go down that road, you got to predict every game. I think Chris and West Oakland, Called it a one-point game. I think if the Raiders are catching three and a half in this game. If the Raiders are going to win, which I think they are, I think it's going to be a heart attack down to the last play, yes. last possession. Maybe Carlson with a 48-yarder with no time left to win. So I think the Raiders will win this game 26-24, 24-21, something like that. And if they do, it's 1-0, and we're going to have a party next week. I think week. Thursday night football dictates what you're going to see in the weekends. I'm superstitious, so we saw a game last night by one point. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of that on Sunday. That's always the way it kind of rolls, mm-hmm. majority of the time. Also, uh, can I get some love from my boy, Sebastian Janikowski, eligible for the Hall of Fame? Yes, he's a okay, great friend of you. the show. Thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. Uh, I owe you one. Uh, I, I am down 0-1 on your radio show. I will be back next week to recap the victory. Is that oh, good enough? Okay, that's fine. And yeah, a glass of wine. And a or glass a of wine. <laughs> and a bottle that could be done. Thanks to Steph McKenzie. Go Raiders! There I love is. you guys. There she is. A PD, a rock jock, a great mom, a great Raider fan. Brought to you by Grimaldi's. You know, it's the best pizza I ever had. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get the famous New York style cold fryer brick oven pizza you crave. Four locations in the valley Boca Park on the strip. Grand Canal Shop, Southwest Las Vegas, Green Valley on Southeastern Grimaldi's. Not, not, I don't, honestly, I don't care who I play against. I go out there, I, I don't discriminate. I treat everybody the same way when we, when we go out there. And, um, you know, and that's not like a disrespectful thing, but it's just, uh, I'm more concerned about what we're doing as a football team and what I'm doing personally um, over what the defense has to offer.
That's Devontae Adams, JT, back with you, the DeCastaverde Law Group. Our group, if you get into an accident, 702-222-9999. Thrilled to have Vic Tafer as a contributor, one of the best in all of the NFL, covers the Raiders for The Athletic. The new column, Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has nothing and everything to prove. Vic, thanks again for joining us, and I see Jimmy G in the flight suit in your Twitter profile pic. I like it. Hey, why not? I thought it was a good look for him, but uh, I think uh, I'm sure some of the fans will enjoy it. Absolutely. Hey, uh, what was it like covering this Chandler Jones story up until right now, our conversation? We obviously know it's a personal issue. I talked to the coach, and they're just not addressing it. You cover the team, and how is this chasing this story or at least looking at it from a distance? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been weird. I'm having the Antonio Brown flashbacks, just checking Instagram yeah. for uh, for the updates and stuff. But that's not good. But um, clearly, we don't know the whole story. Obviously, something's happened, and there's a, an issue. He's not with the team right now, and we won't play this weekend. So, um, hoping he's doing all right, and we'll have to wait and see what kind of happens next. But uh, kind of just a weird kind of limbo place right now. Yeah, I agree with you. It is a weird limbo, and we hope uh, the best for him. A good guy, a guy who's had a great career. And hopefully he can get his career back on track. Uh, Vic, couple things with the defense here now, with him being out of the game. What was your initial thoughts on Tyree Wilson's snap count before this and now after this without Chandler Jones? Does he stay on the field longer in Denver than expected? I think so. I think it hasn't really changed. But I think they have him on a pitch count. I think they've had a plan from all along, kind of bringing him along slowly from from the foot deal. I think that won't change. I think uh, the good thing, I guess, is that Malcolm Coombs Look good at training camp and in the preseason game, so I think maybe a bigger role for him. He might even start uh, this weekend. So I think uh, more Coons and you know, as as expected, the, the, the amount of uh, plays they wanted for for Wilson. Vic Tafer is our guest. Vic, I'm really I'm concerned about the linebackers until I see him play. Robert Spillane, from all accounts, he fits in perfectly. He had a good camp. They like what he can do as a leader. And then Divine Diablo, can you touch on both of them and Divine and how he changed his body? He's a sideline-to-sideline guy. What are your expectations with Diablo taking that next step? Yeah, Divine's got everything you want in a linebacker. He's got, you know, he's got the size, he's got a little bigger, he's got the speed, athletic ability, the reaction uh, skills. Just uh, they haven't put it together yet. I mean, hopefully that happens to him you know, learning the game and kind of developing. But still, like you said, a question mark. We really know, don't know what he can do. At this point, uh, Spillane had a good camp, and again, they're, they're thinking big things for him, but wasn't a big-time player in Pittsburgh, so like you have said, I'm kind of waiting to see what happens this weekend when the games are for, are for real. Vic, let's stay on the defensive side with Epps and Merrig. I think this is a put-up year for Merrig. I think if he wants to stay on this team and be a part of it long-term, he's a good athlete, good player in college, and he doesn't take a lot of chances, but Dave Ziegler's been telling everybody, break up plays, get your hands on the ball, be a disruptor. Do you think he takes the next step in the secondary? I think so. I think Epps has been good for him. I think Epps is kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of a fun guy, kind of a solid, you know, really focused, locked-in kind of guy. I think he's been good for, for Trayvon. I think um, apparently they've moved close. They've been kind of together at the hip all of uh, the offseason and in training camp. So I think, like you said, he's not this regime's guy. He's the guy from the last regime, so he has something to prove this year. And I think that, you know, to me at least, my first observation of the camp, mm-hmm. those guys definitely look like they're good together. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. We moved to the offense, and what I've thought all year, the upside for the Raiders and having a chance to compete for the playoffs is they almost have to be, I feel like they almost have to be perfect on offense. They have the leading rusher, Devontae, Jacoby Myers, Hunter, Trey on the outside. Mayer could be, in year one, really good, or it might take him a year or two to get rolling. 
How do you expect this ball movement to change with Jimmy Garoppolo, red zone decisions compared to what we saw with Derek Carr over the years? Yeah, that's why I brought him in because he is and has been good in the past. The red zone had problems last year, so you think he and, and Josh are on more on the same page than, than Josh and Derek were as far as the scheme and what they expect from each play and the progression. So I think they have a lot of weapons, like you said. And they got uh, tight end, even Michael Mayer and Austin Hooper can catch some balls. So I think those guys are going to be kind of uh, key guys in, in the red zone form this year. Uh, Vic, let's stay one more with Josh Jacobs being a captain here. And you've been around practice, the access you have with his body. Any changes? I mean, people are saying he looks bigger or stronger. I don't know if he put on weight or not. I'm not in the weight room. Uh, he's got to get a heavy load, I think, in this game. This is one of those running games in mile high. You think he's going to be on pitch count, too? A little bit, but I think you know, kind of the, as the game goes on, they'll kind of get a read of where he's at. He, wants, he, want, he said he wants a full, load of carry, a full load of carries. He feels fresh, and I do think he's a little bigger. He says the same way he was last year, but more muscle, so maybe that's it. But uh, I think it looks good. I think he looks like he's ready to go, and I know he worked hard this offseason and he's kind of uh, wants to put his team on his back again this, this year. Uh, Vic, give me an X factor for you as you put together all your work this year as we go into X1. Give me something that you think is really important for this team, considering the Chandler Jones noise, the background of rebuilding this roster, trying to reload the team, and coming off six wins that you think is kind of make or break for the Raiders going into Denver in the start of the year. I'll go with you know, the topic they had a lot last year on our minds with the offensive line. This year we kind of, kind of not talked about it much and we kind of assume they'll be as good as they were last year. I think last year they kind of overachieved. They got a new uh, right guard in Van Rodden, who's been good so far. And the right tackle spot, I think Elmanur is going to start this week, but I think it's still back and forth with him and, and Thayer Munford. So those two positions are key. And you know, i got to give Jimmy time. Jimmy's not a mobile quarterback. He's not going to make plays with his feet, so he needs time in the pocket. Thanks, Vic. We appreciate your time. Have a great trip up to Denver. All right, take care. You got it. Vic Tay for joining us from The Athletic. He's got a great new column on Jimmy G., that you can take a look at there at The Athletic. I subscribe. You should. There's good Raider coverage. Deshaun Reed, Vic Tafer. Uh, they have a lot of access to the team and do a really good job. 702-365-9200. We go to Denver where Raider Dave checks in. Thank you, Raider Dave. Go ahead. Hey, you got it, man. Excited to be with my coworker BK on the sidelines. This is going to be a great weekend. And I don't want to be long because I think that Chris outlined a lot of great things. But one thing I think he, that he left out is the offensive line play. And I think that's been the success of the Raiders, not only 6-0, and but 9 out of the last 11. The Raiders have behemoth size for their offensive line. They always have, and I think that's where they've owned it. Now, McGlinchey comes in at six foot eight, but I think that since he didn't play it down last year, he finally ended a season November 10th, 2021. I'm really sure that Max is going to be able to get under him, whether he gets shipped by a backer or you know a running back or chipped by a tight end. I think this is going to be a big deal for him to go ahead and get more sacks on the start of the game and the start of his year against Wilson. If you bring up Wilson's name, here's something that I really think is going to be a factor. I don't think it's going to win or lose the game, but it's going to be tough for the Broncos to keep Garrett Bowles from having three or more holding calls against Wilson and his bull rushes or even Koontz when he's in there. So the offensive line play of the Broncos I don't think is going to provide enough against this defensive front of the Raiders to have a good running game, to keep the clock. But I think the opposite is true when uh, when Jacobs goes like 17, 18, 19 carries for about 95 to 105 yards. 
this is going to be coming down to where the Raiders are going to own this from the beginning. I don't think the Denver Broncos score more than 20 points. I think it's going to be a 28-20 deal with four team sacks and two turnovers that the Raiders will be getting because they become ball hawks. And if you watch the Denver Broncos early on, I think the coaching has been lackluster in ball handling. They had a lot of fumbles in preseason. they got to clean that up or this thing's going to be a runaway. Yeah, thanks for the call. I, I don't see this. I think the Raiders are clearly a better team. I think they have a better roster, right? I've said that. I think the Chargers have a better roster than the Raiders. But the Raiders can beat the Chargers. They've been proving that they can do that. Now, the only way I think that Denver can beat the Raiders is the coach. The coach and the quarterback. I mean, I hate to go to low-hanging fruit. A four-year-old understands this. The only way Denver can win this game is if Sean Payton fixed Russell Wilson in about six weeks. Did he fix him or not? We weren't at practice. We don't know. Russell Wilson looks fit. He looks athletic. I know he can run. I've been preaching all week. We came back on Tuesday. All week I've been preaching the number one key is stopping Russell Wilson's legs. He's going to run. He's going to run. And he's fit. He's strong. He can move. And he can throw on the run. And that could be confusing to the Raiders. You can only ask Marcus Peters and Bennett and Epps to guard for so long. And if you don't get Russell Wilson down on the ground and he slips out of a sack and rolls to his right, there's going to be someone behind the Raider coverage or someone jetting across the middle of the field wide open because the Raiders have proven they can't guard for long periods of time. That was the weakness of this team. That's why they blew up this defense. They proved they can't guard anyone in the middle of the field. Now they bring in Spillane, a fit Diablo. Epps is supposed to come up in coverage. Merrig is supposed to be better. Jacorian Bennett is very fast. And Marcus Peters is a dog who will lay you out over the middle of the field. That's got to work in this game. I don't think Denver can win handing the ball, running it up the middle. They're going to have to make plays, and they have a quarterback. Jimmy G's made a lot of big plays. He's just been hurt a lot. right? Jimmy G's lifetime is 40-17. and 17. Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls. 1-1, multiple pro bowler, probably on the verge of the Hall of Fame if he doesn't train wreck the end of his career here in Denver. And I want to make this point clear about Chandler Jones. Just going to get this out of the way. Chandler Jones came to the Raiders as a borderline Hall of Famer. Fact, 112 sacks, whatever the number is. Someone told me he had the same credentials that Michael Strahan had at the same age. Really good comparison. Michael Strahan, Hall of Famer, Howie Long. Hall of Famer, Chandler Jones could hang out in that room with Michael Strahan and Howie Long. He's right there. Numbers prove it. Numbers, you can't erase history and numbers. Chandler Jones had it. So they brought him in to be a leader. And he's got a personal issue that's happening right now that I'm not aware of. And if I was aware of it, I wouldn't discuss it on the radio if it's a private matter. And my bosses said, hey, you can't talk legally about a private matter. You don't have to worry about me with that. I understand people have personal issues in their life. But God, now, this happened now, as this team's getting ready to go, that's why we can turn this team over to Max Crosby and say, Max, hey man, this is confusing. It's not a deal breaker. We got Tyree Wilson, number seven overall. We got Malcolm Koontz. We haven't cut him from the old regime. Let's go. And Max got this. Max will go fix this. And then hopefully we know more about Chandler Jones next week. Out to Nash. In Houston, 
Line three, Bobby, Nash in Houston. That's what you got here. Nash, you're up next. What's happening? All right, we'll get up. Oh, we'll get there in a second. 702-365-9200. Let's go to Mike in Staten, Italy. Do you got Mikey up there? Mikey, you got a bet for us? What's happening? Uh, yeah, well, I you know, I lost some um, 0-1 to start the season. Full disclosure, I had the over last night. I lost that. But, uh, JT, you just, you just said the name. Coons is going to be... We're going to unleash him. I think the kid has potential. He's going to he's going to play. I I think he's a key part of it. You listen, all the Jones boys uh, from the UFC, the the toughest man in the world, his brother Johnny Bones Jones and his two brothers. You know, sitting out. Listen, let's just move on. I think Max Crosby is going to get doubled. He's going to get chipped by the tight end, the fullback. Uh, Kunz, I, I think is our guy. I think he's going to have a a huge huge game. Uh, JT, you just said it, Brett. When Garoppolo plays, he wins. He's a winner. And if he plays this game, he's going into it healthy. He has weapons like he's never had before. As good as San Francisco was, he's never had a Jacobs. He's never had an Adams, uh, a Renfro, he, uh, Michael Meyer. I want to see do things. JT, we've been saying it all week. Four points, three and a half points. What are we missing? I say, I say the Raiders win by double digits. Double digits, Mike? You're a professional gambler. You got the Raiders winning by double digits on the road as an underdog? 100%, JT. This is going to be a new Raider team. He is not going to take his foot off the pedal. I think we're going to get up early, and he's not going to stop. He's not going to change the way he coached. I think he's grown just as much as he blew up the defense, but the coaching staff has grown up too. And we saw that in the spring training. Take care. Mikey likes the Raiders double digits. Mikey's got a ticket, a big ticket. Raiders over six and a half. Big money. He's he's no joke. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He bets big money. He's big on the Raiders this year. In this game, which I think a lot of Raider fans, if you're betting, you're betting the Raiders as an underdog on the road and a division rival to start the year with a team that doesn't have Jerry Judy and doesn't have a lot of elite players on offense. And the Raiders are pretty healthy coming in here. Other than the Chandler Jones... Uh, who's healthy but not able to play for what issues are happening in his personal life. The Raiders come in here rested, ready to go, very athletic or more athletic than they've been in the past with the potential for a monster performance on offense. What Mike just said at the end of the call is very important. Very important. He said that he thinks the coach is going to be different. He's not going to take his foot off the gas. That is also very important. Very important that Coach McDaniels looks at this team, and if they're up 11, they're up 9, they're up 7, that they go for the kill shot. They have to. Last year, they did not do that. I thought the team was slow getting in and out of the huddle. I don't think this team knew how to put teams away. That's obvious. This year, they have to be better. And if they do have leads in games, they have to put teams away. They have to put teams away. Greg in Sacramento, let me get you in. Greg, go ahead. Hey, JT, thank you for taking my call, brother. I appreciate you. Not putting me in purgatory, man. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, there's two things that I'm looking for. One, get off the field on third and long. It's huge for us. It's been the plague for us, it seems, the past 10 years. we got to get off the field on third down. And I go to, uh, go to my second key from what Marcus Epps said in the interview that I heard that I thought was real important, is he says, I play offense on defense. That's what we need to see from these guys. Play defense, do your job, but – you have to take risks. You have to poke out that ball. You have to jump those routes. That's what I want to see. I think the two major key guys that I'm going to be tuned into, locked into, is Ja'Cory Bennett and Trayvon Merrick. 
We brought Trayvon Merrigan here to take away the ball. That's why he's here. Ja'Korian Bennett, we brought him in to lead up and take away the ball. Those, I think, are huge keys to our success. Thank you, JC, once again. Yeah, thanks a lot. I think if you're talking about Bennett and Epps and the guys to play, like Merrigan making big plays, there's a, it's, a lot of big plays happen in Denver. When we come back, I'll get into that. You know, the stat lines that I'm looking at, Russell Wilson was terrible. He's a great, not good, he's a great deep ball thrower. How were they that bad with Nathaniel Hackett? I'll tell you why they were that bad. They couldn't figure out game day on how to get the plays in and the coverage and the protection. Russell Wilson couldn't communicate with Nathaniel Hackett. Now he's got the great Sean Payton. Since 1995, the Black Hole Fan Club has been the foundation of the nation. 40 chapters worldwide. Go to theblackhole.com and become official member of football's most notorious fans. Theblackhole.com. Click on membership. I mean, every year you try to prove so. You try to prove yourself every year. Um, and what you did in the past is all cool and everything. Get pats on the back for it, but uh, it doesn't really count for this year too much. So, just to go out there and uh, reestablish yourself as a player. I think all of us do, though. It's, that's the NFL. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to get the next guy in there and find a younger guy, cheaper guy than you. But it's your job not to let them. Jimmy G, Jimmy G. You're going to hear a lot of Jimmy G. Uh, you know, I watched his whole career with the Niners. Win or lose, accountable guy. He'll do the presser. Not an emotional guy. Not going to get emotional. He's going to be status quo. We won because we did this right. We lost. We did this wrong. That will be Jimmy G. We'll have his analysis after the game on Sunday as we are brought to you by Modelo. Wow. How about this? Modelo will have us at Top Golf on Friday, September 22nd. So they're going to have specials, Modelo Especial, plus you can win prizes, take part in all that Top Golf has to offer. That's noon to 2. On February 22nd, sponsored by Modelo, the official cerveza of the Raiders and our show. We appreciate that. Raider O is in San Diego. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness, JT. The the best weekday that we've been waiting for all summer is finally here, the one before the game. I just want to call in and give you my insights, what I think is going to happen. I think he is going to be stopping the run. Uh, forcing the Broncos to try to pass and, of course, containing Russell Wilson's run. So that is going to come down to linebackers, but definitely our defensive tackles. I feel like we're going to have the edge handled. And, uh, you know, I think that's the big key. My prediction for the score is Raiders 30, Broncos 20. I think that we're going to have the lead. We're going to come up with a stop, and Carlson gives us extra field goal. And for once, that uh, late heart attack that we all dread is not going to be there. And I'm, and I'm hoping Marcus Epps comes up with a game-winning interception. That'd be nice. Yeah, appreciate um, it. Yep, go ahead. I just want to say real quick on Chandler Jones. You know, last season I, I, I named it the Chand of God play. I saw his hand coming up from the bottom of that screen, a big game against the Patriots, and he made a huge play. We were waiting to see. This year we have been counting on him. But if he's having mental health issues, you know, we've seen some other greats suffer from the same mm-hmm. thing. And I hope that now God puts his hand on Chandler and helps him through whatever it is and, um, you know, help first. And if he comes back to play for the Raiders, that would be great too. So, yeah. Just think- yeah, appreciate the call. Appreciate the call as you're saying that. And uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that about Chandler because that's really all you could say at this point in time. We, we don't know what's going on in his personal life. If it's a mental health issue, you could kind of figure something's wrong with all the tweets he's putting out and the Instagram posts, whatever he's doing. 
and it's a personal matter here, and that's all you should care about as a member of the family is getting him right. He's got a long life in front of him. And we always think of football players up to 35. What about a 45, 50, 60, 70? I, I talk to Fred Bolitnikoff every day. He's 80. 80 years old. We have a conversation every single day. Talk to my dad. He's 85 every single day. Life goes on for a long period of time, not just for a football season or year 13 or year 8 or year 3. And some players need help. And if he needs help, hopefully they find it for him. La Casa, our cigar hookup. La Casa Cigars, Tivoli Village. You know I love a fine cigar, and we have a cigar partnership. I love it. Head on out to Tivoli Village, La Casa.